This is the PR Pod, the podcast that brings you expert tips for working in PR and finding your niche. With your host, Brooke Burns. Welcome to the PR Pod, the essential podcast for public relations professionals. Today's guest wasn't always on the PR pathway. In fact, he spent the first few years of his career as a teacher before transitioning into PR. So if you're someone who studied something unrelated communications or who has spent a few years in a non-communications career but thinks PR might be for you, you'll pick up some fantastic tips and suggestions from this chat, which may make that transition a little smoother. Winston Chang, welcome to the PR pod. Thank you so much, Brooke. Thanks for having me. And where are you joining me from today? You're in the States? Yeah, I'm in uh, California. I'm, I'm based in Los Angeles. And you started a job, uh, a new job just a couple of months ago. Tell us about that. Yeah, that's right. Um, So I started 2021 with a new job at Edelman here in LA. I work with the financial services team, which is actually based in the Bay Area in San Francisco. Um, But I think with the pandemic and uh, kind of opening the borders, we, we've we or opening in broadening horizons. We've seen that that people can kind of work remotely from anywhere and and do good work. So so we actually have a lot of teammates who are across the country too. Um, and I work with a couple of major financial services clients uh, here in the states, um, doing their day to day earned media and and PR. So prior to your time at Edelman, you were at Ogilvy for a couple of years, and then prior to that, you were a teacher. That's right. Yeah. What made you at that time think that teaching was the right pathway for you? Yeah. So, so I actually didn't study um, education in undergrad. Really? Yeah. I went to. Um, so I've I've changed my mind a lot. Is I think what I'm trying to say. <laughs> um, so I studied biology at UCLA and was working for the UCLA health system coming out of college, and. Um, I think I'd always I'd always fancied myself as a good teacher. I had tutored students for a long time uh, since high school and thought I was decent at it. And it was also just an opportunity that came up. Um, this was back in 2015. Uh, a buddy of mine, his name is Ian Ian Lampert, was a teacher in um, at, a, at a school nearby, and and he reached out to me. We had kept in touch, and he reached out to me about a, a teaching uh, slash debate coaching actually a position that had um, that had had opened up at a school um, near nearby. So, um, so he put me in touch, I, I interviewed for it. And um, I thought, you know, might as well, yeah, give it a, give it a shot. It sounded fun. And, and I ended up staying in the classroom for the next three years. And did you enjoy it, the teaching? I did. Yeah, I, um, I, I, I look back really fondly, still keep in touch with some of my students. Um, that's a really big rewarding part of all of it. And, um, and, and really cherish the time that I had there. Wouldn't, change my mind, wouldn't go back, but uh, I, I liked it a lot. And was it a case of recognizing that teaching perhaps wasn't the right career pathway for you? Or was it the case of recognizing that PR was, which what kind of came first? That's a really good question, Brooke. Um, I think it was a combination of both. Um, if I had to pick one, probably more the latter that, that I was drawn to PR. I think, I, I mean, I was, I was, essentially right out of undergrad. And I think I, I still had a lot of things to, to work on just in terms of, you know, um, professionalism and, and, and work ethic. I wasn't a particularly organized or good project manager. Um, so, so, and, and obviously classroom education requires a lot of, of project management and, um, 
grading homework and keeping track of of, of curriculum. So, um, so I think that that made the job harder for for me than than it normally would for others. Um, and then I think I also started to realize that a lot of the things that I was really enjoying, that I was good at, weren't specific to the classroom. Right? You think about Brooke, this concept of taking something that is um, totally unknown, uninteresting, um, maybe inaccessible, too technical, whatever it is, um, to you know a general population. And in our in our line of work, what we do is learn how to tell the stories in an uh, interesting and understandable, accessible way, right, to, to the average reader um, or viewer. And and that's kind of like what you're doing in the classroom. Um, yeah, so, so, I mean, just try teaching pre-calculus to a 16-year-old. And if you can make that interesting, right, then, then you can make anything interesting. So, um, so, so I started to think, like, maybe I could transfer these skills or translate these skills to something else. And then at the same time, a colleague of mine in the English department at the school that I was at, his name is Charlie, Charlie Tursek. Um, he worked for Golan. Um, for for quite some time, he was on the creative side and kind of introduced me to the to the ad to the comms world, um, and um, yeah. And one day I decided to just to to take a, take a shot. And was there a specific catalyst that made you go, okay, it's time to put teaching behind me and pursue this? Um, not nothing in particular. I guess I told myself after three years, I'm either going to um, to, to get a master's in education and, and and really you know start start thinking of this as a career, not just as a job, and um, and start looking at, at bigger opportunities. Um, so so maybe it was that I was hitting that three year mark. Um, but but I think it was a kind of a just gradual process, and then the end of the school year in 2018 at this point um, kind of gave me a natural conclusion to that journey. And once you made that decision that you were going to follow this PR pathway, did you consider um, studying anything PR related or how did that process, I guess, go in terms of working out how you were going to make that transition? Yeah, I looked into classes. Um, uh, UCLA Extension uh, has has some classes uh, like, you know, night school, adult school kinds of kinds of things. Um, but but no, I, I, I mean, I, 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 maybe this is just arrogance <laughs> that I'm just cocky that, that I thought I could do it um, if I just worked hard enough and um, and kind of put my um, put my head down to it. So, um, yeah, so so I, I yeah, I just I just started and and um, one thing led to the next. So going in for that first internship. Were you concerned about the fact that you were approaching this from having obviously no previous PR internship experience and not having a degree or some kind of course behind you? Or was it really just the naivety of wanting to do something and the passion of that that kind of drove you to have blinkers and or blinders, I think, as you might call them in the States, um, as <laughs> yeah. to... Um, as to those challenges being what a lot of people would consider to be, you know, um, quite significant? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. I think... Um, so by the time I started my internship, which was, which was in October 2018 at Ogilvy's LA office, um, I, had, I had gotten pretty familiar with, um, with the industry. Uh, so over that summer, uh, maybe if I just back up a little bit, what I, what I spent my time doing was I looked up a list of, at the time it was Holmes Report right? Uh, now it's Provoke. I looked up a list of the top 100 or, or 200 agencies in the world by revenue, found, I had a spreadsheet and everything, found <laughs> all of the ones that had LA offices, mm-hmm. uh, went to their websites, got their numbers, got email addresses of the of the managing directors or whoever I could find, and then just started, you know, cold calling and, and emailing, asking for informational interviews. 
um, and and I would show them samples of my writing, which were you know like a syllabus for a math class or something, and then they, and then one person would tell me, look. That's great writing. Doesn't matter. What we need to know is if you can write a press release. That's the first time I'd heard of the term press release. So I, I went and looked at a bunch of press releases and then wrote a fake one of my own. You know, and it was kind of like, kind of, kind of doing a lot of those things. That people were nice enough in these informational interviews to tell me enough about the industry where I could start to get a sense of what it would look like at an entry level, and started to put together a portfolio of sorts that was completely fictitious, but, um, but, but at least I could show that you know. Um, I was learning about the industry and that I was a good writer. And, and I felt like if I could show people those two things, then um, then they would give a, give me a chance. And sure enough, um, Ogilvy took a chance on me. And, and that, yeah, and that's that's how I started. So by the time I, 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 I got through the door, I um, it, it wasn't a huge surprise, uh, the, the kinds of things that they were handing to me. Mm. And that, I think, um, shows a lot of initiative in terms of doing the matter. You've almost kind of like crushed in, uh, you know, a three or four year degree into someone being um, really driven over a couple of months and, and really kind of pursued, um, I guess, taking the time to look into what it is that people want. And like you said, created these um, fictional um, elements that, I mean, that's all you really need, isn't it? You don't need to necessarily yeah. have experience. You just need to show that you're competent in doing it. The informational yeah. um meetings that you had how many did you have were people quite forthcoming with giving mm. you their time for this because I mean I imagine if, if someone like you had approached me I would be really in, inspired and impressed because someone's taking the effort to do it and they're coming from another career so I would look at it as going well someone's pretty motivated to move into my sector how yeah, yeah what was the feedback was there more people that said no than yes yeah most people said nothing Mm. Um, which is, which is, uh, I guess that's a good thing, right? It got me used to that because nothing has changed yeah. now that we're in PR, right? I'm mm-hmm. sure you know, Brooke. Um, yeah, we, we, we get the cold shoulder all the time. I would say I got a response a fifth of the time, maybe 20% well, of the that's time. That's good. out of those, maybe, maybe a third would, would give me, um, you know, a 30 minute, uh, quick info, informational interview. So, um, so, you know, it's just a numbers game, right? You do enough of them. Uh, you send yes. enough emails, you make enough calls, and and that's how it is in PR too, right? So yeah. Um, so eventually, I, I would say about eight to ten people were were nice enough to to sit down with me, or different agencies were enough to nice enough to sit down with me, and and Edelman was actually one of them. So so I met Edelman back in 2018, even though I ended up going with uh, with Ogilvy, and then yeah, and then some of those informational interviews turned into job interviews. They just happened to have um, internships uh, available. Um, and, and so that's what I always tell people too, right. Who are, who are second careers. It's, it's, there's always the front door, right. Where, uh, you know, 150 people see the job opening and apply on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but networking can go a long way and, and, you know, just, um, yeah, putting, putting your nose to the grindstone and, and really meeting people and, and having these kinds of conversations can go a long way too. Um, the key is that, I was actually not looking for a job for many of these people. I, I genuinely just wanted to learn about the industry. Um, and it just happened that those openings were there. When you started that first internship, was there anything, I, I imagine there was a few things you maybe weren't prepared for or surprised about, about the realities of working in PR. Was there anything that stood out? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, the fact that I didn't have to be on a school campus at 7.30 a.m. <laughs> I think was, was a big plus. That yes. was a big plus. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, 
it, it was more it's more particular to, to the transition from high school teaching to um, to a corporate setting right so so maybe this is kind of unique to my situation I wasn't talking to high schoolers high schoolers all the time I was talking to you know um, adults and uh, going from the oldest person in the room to being uh, well I mean it's a, it's a pretty young industry but even then I was I was, I was still you know young uh, so so I think I think it was more it was more about that just learning how to to adapt to a corporate environment in general not so much um, something mm. specific to PR yeah yeah absolutely and I guess um that's a really good point in terms of being the most experienced or the the, the adult in the room to now being back on the bottom end of yeah. the rung where you're mm-hmm. being told what to do and you know probably doing like we all do internships quite mundane monotonous tasks but I imagine for someone like you who has come from a, a career and has now really found one that you're super passionate about being part of, did you find that your attitude was different to those that were straight out of college or university? Yeah, yeah, Brooke, that's a really good question. I think I, I love that. So that word mundane that you use, I, I think that that's a word that a lot of people use to describe a lot of the work that's handed to, you know, folks at the junior at the entry level. Um, so that's one of the first things, right? Is that, is that you kind of have to set aside your ego, right? Like I, I yeah. was like, look, I, I've been working for for a while now. I'm, I'm, you know, older. Even if even if we're all young, I'm older than than a lot of the folks who are at my level. Um, and so these tasks feel really menial. And and I think that's kind of the first thing that has to go, not just for someone in my position coming from from another career, but for anybody coming into PR, right? Like a lot of the things that we're asked to do. Um, you're smarter than that, right? Like you're, it's, it's, it's not, it's not something that takes a lot of, you know, strategic thinking or intellect to do, um, like building media lists and, and, you know, copying and pasting people's titles from their LinkedIn profiles into a briefing document, you know, of course that anybody could do that, but, um, setting aside your ego, treating every deliverable, every assignment as something that you could learn from and and thinking about how it fits into the bigger picture because those briefing documents, those media lists are critical to successful PR campaigns, right? So so realizing that the work is essential, that somebody needs to do it, um, I think, I think, yeah, kind of it, it, having that, that kind of paradigm shift or, or having that mindset early on um, was, was really helpful because, yeah, if, if I hadn't been able to check my ego and... Um, and start thinking like I'm I'm older than these people or I'm I'm too smart for this. I think I would have uh, I would not have made it um, very far. And I couldn't agree more. I mean, and I've said this on the podcast before. Um, I think you need to look at what can be perceived as these mundane or menial tasks and look at what you can take from that. And if mm-hmm. you are sending you know media clippings around to clients or around the team, read them all. Have some understanding of. Um, or try to gather some understanding or context of how that clipping came to be. Perhaps you were sitting in a meeting a month ago or a couple of weeks ago and someone talked about maybe pitching this idea and now you're reading about it and maybe you don't understand exactly how it got from that meeting chat two weeks ago to some coverage now. So use that use that and ask questions about, you know, did you have to pitch this in? Did you pitch it to 40 people and one person picked it up? Was it a specific yeah. pitch that you sent to some, like, how, how did this come about? And obviously you've got to choose your time. Everyone's busy and you know, we've all got our own sets of tasks to do. But I think if you look at all of those, all those small menial type tasks and work out what can I take from this or what can I learn about it or like you said what's the how does this task fit into the bigger picture because the reality is whether it's a PR agency or it's a junior position in-house 
that that department, that PR or comms department cannot function without yeah. that person or those that collection of people doing those jobs. So yeah. it's so important, yet obviously, like you said, it seems so... Um, it seems like it's not beneath you, but I, I think lots of people would consider it beneath them. But you think that yeah. this, this really is a waste of my time and my energy right. to copy and paste yeah. something or yeah. send a, um, a meeting calendar invite around. But yeah, you know, yeah, why is exactly. that meeting? Why is that meeting happening? I thought we had that meeting last week. What's the purpose of this meeting? You know, it's just exactly. about asking the why. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think some of the best advice, Brooke, that I got during my informational interviews, one of the questions I would always ask is, um, how do I stand out, right? Mm -hmm. Like, as as someone who's trying to get an internship, and then when I, if if or when I do get one, how how would you recommend that I stand out? One of the things that someone told me um, was, think strategically, not just tactically. And I had no clue what they meant, right? Like, I'm like, I... I've I've spent three years in the classroom with a bunch of high schoolers. I have no idea what what those what those words even mean. But as as I kind of went along, it's exactly what you were saying, Brooke. Like thinking, okay, so um, so how does this fit into the to the bigger campaign? What function does it really serve? Um, and then also, I think just taking ownership of those of those even really tactical things. You know, like making the media list look prettier, right, or making yeah. it more sortable. Right, mm-hmm. or cleaning it up and and making it more 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 seamless and um, and, and and maybe thinking about um, how you can how you can improve the processes that are already there because as you and I know Brooke right a lot of things in PR we just kind of do them because that's how it's how it's always been done you yeah. know we don't have time to revisit a lot of those um, a lot of those tactical things and so if at that junior level you can be looking always to improve efficiencies or how things look how things go um, that that can go a long way too mm. um, so so being really 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 good at building a media list is a really really good skill to have yeah yeah I couldn't agree more I'm in the um, in the process of building a a PR course at the moment actually and it is completely stemmed around how to stand out in PR because I think that is what really drives people whether you you know are a student trying to get an internship um, whether you are in the first couple of years of your career and you want to progress and you're not quite sure how to stand out, how to make a mark, how to how to have a competitive edge if you're going for a job or you're going for a promotion or you just want to do really, really well in the job that you're in. Um, and, you know, the, what you've just um, brought up there in terms of the strategy and how to look at the bigger picture, that's a big part of it. It's It's really about how to harness these really smaller elements of PR that you are exposed to in internships mm-hmm. in the first couple of years and how to really turn those around and um, make them something that uh, works for you and you know it, it mm-hmm. means you can add value to who you are and what you can what you can provide mm-hmm. for you moving from that internship to that first position that must have been a pretty good experience because you did what like a four month oh. internship with Ogilvy and then they offered you a job is that right? Yeah. Oh, Brooke, it was such a good feeling. Yeah. I can see it on your face now. Such a good feeling. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they told me at the beginning, um, after three months, we'll either evaluate um, you for a full-time, for AA assistant account executive position, uh, extend the internship to give you more of a trial run, or, you know, just say, all right, that was that was really nice. Let's part ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, yeah getting to um, to three months out and having that conversation and 
because uh, because you're always hungry. It, 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 I was really hungry, right? And 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 I I think I, I quickly fell in love with the work, and um, and was was really hoping that I could I could make a, a real career out of it. Had really come to enjoy my, my team at Ogilvy and the the clients that we serviced. So um, so that that conversation I, I still remember um, in that in that conference room talking to Heidi, um, our our HR manager. Um, yeah, that was that was really that was really sweet. How did you celebrate? Um, I got married. Oh wow, yeah. geez, that's yeah. <laughs> I wasn't so... expecting that. <laughs> um, no, it just lined up. It was just coincidentally at the same time. Yeah, I got I got that internship um, in October 2018. Yeah, and then it was three months, so that took us to the end of January. And my uh, my wedding date's February second, 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, so so that's when my wife Elaine and I got got married. Um, Amazing. So it was a it was a really good stretch of a couple of weeks. Yeah. I bet it was. I bet it was. Yeah. What a time! Yeah. When you were doing that internship, and when you, I guess when you first started in that um, in that first uh, role as well, that first paid role, was it obvious that there was anything that people who had studied um, PR or comms or something similar had that you didn't have, or did that that kind of three months of swatting mm. up before you started give you almost parallel to what they had learned over a couple of years or, or, or a course? That's a good question. Yeah, I think the people at my level knew the language better than I did. Mm. So, yeah. so despite the informational interviews and the three-month internship, I still didn't have a handle on the language. Not even just PR language, it's just corporate speak. Yes. And to this day... It might be a deliberate choice, but to this day, I try not to use some of the jargon that we use in our industry and in our offices, um, just because. Uh, I mean, for for me now, I, I just I just feel like I, I I'd like to to you know be a human, be a person, um, but but I think, yeah, I, I think the vocabulary um, took took a little bit, but at the same time, I think, like my my selling point to people was always, um, if if I can keep up. Even if I'm a little bit behind, that says a lot about about my work ethic, about how I'm coming at this, right? So, like, imagine I used to run cross country and, and, and track, so I'll use this analogy. So, imagine, right, Brooke, you and I are, are running in a race, and, and and I'm beating you by a little bit. Let's call it a you know a hundred yards, or I guess I'm in the United States, so that you know three hundred meters, right? Yeah. <laughs> so let's <laughs> say I'm I'm ahead by a little bit, but then it turns out that you started ten minutes behind me, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I got a ten minute head start. Well, then Brooke's the faster runner by far, right? And so I, I kind of, I tried to perceive it that way is like anything that I'm behind in, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that because I'll, I'll learn it. And, and let me just show whoever's watching that, that I'm, I'm ready to learn, that I'm able to learn. And if I can, if I can keep up, if I can hold my own, um, even if I'm not miles ahead, uh, it's, or kilometers ahead, it shows a lot about, about, um, the kind of effort that I'm, that I'm investing in this. So that's, that's hopefully how it, it came off. And that's, that's how I thought of it. And that was that kind of your, one of the main, um, points that you wanted to get across with those informational interviews that you had was this is, this is where I'm coming from, or was there something, because as you said, you, you weren't necessarily going, you weren't asking for interviews at that point. You were just asking to have a meeting with someone to gain some information off them. So, um, how, how I guess how did you was that the kind of the, the crux of how you positioned yourself? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. In the informational interviews, I was trying really hard to not position myself in any particular way. It was it was purely just to get information. Um, of course, there was a hope that in in you know seeing the kinds of questions that I asked because I would do my homework 
on the person that I was interview that I was being um, that that I was meeting with, and then also on the company that they worked for, right? So I would try to ask questions that were particular to their level, to the account work, to the client, um, to the history of that firm, whatever. Um, so I, I, I kind of hoped that in hearing those questions, they would see that I put the put in the time that I knew how to ask good questions, things like that. But largely, I was I was there you know, genuinely to, to just learn, mm. um, and, and to find out as much as I could from them. So I wasn't too, I, I, I wasn't too focused on, on how, how am I coming off or how am I branding myself? Um, until of course, you know, I, I, I was actually interviewing for a job. Yeah. Got your foot in the door. And I think, yeah. um, you know, what you touched on there in terms of doing your research prior to going in, whether you're coming into it from uh, from a different career or you have just finished studying or you're not studying at all, and but you think PR might be for you, it really does come down to research, doesn't it? And you want the person you're yeah. talking to to feel like you are not necessarily passionate in an inauthentic way, but you are motivated, you are interested, you have done as much as you humanly can. I mean, you obviously cannot be across their campaigns in detail because you're not within the company, but Mm -hmm. you can have a look at how they've shared them on their website or on social media or what media coverage they may have, may have picked up and, and draw some parallels in seeing that they now represent a particular product and you've seen some, and then Google, okay. Like you've seen them posted that they're now representing product a, yeah. Maybe have a check and see what other coverage has run over the last couple of weeks, which they therefore would have been responsible for. And yeah, it's about, um, I guess it's about showing that you have a genuine connection and interest in, yes. in them. Yes, absolutely. That's such a good point, Brooke. I think, I mean, if, if we were to identify like the most important part of, of any aspect of the work that we do, client services, what is it? To know the client. To understand the products, the services, the the vision, the people um, that you're servicing, right? What's the most important rule of, of media relations? Actually, know the reporter, right? Don't pitch them something that they're not going to cover, and that you could have figured out they wouldn't cover if you just looked at their Twitter or their, mm-hmm. you know, the, the the last two articles they've written. You know, a paragraph in, you would have figured out they're not going to write about my story, right? Yeah. Um, and and I mean, even even in a in a podcast setting, right? So so Brooke, for our podcasts, right, when we interview guests. What's what? The, I mean, clearly you've you've applied uh, applied that principle here, right? You you know where I've been, and and so it makes these interviews fun. I I enjoy um, talking to you and, and answering these questions because because they're they're on the right path, and so it it applies. I feel like in every aspect of the work that we do, from client services to media relations um, and to everything else, is is actually understanding the person that you're talking to, because people can tell when they're being, you know. Um, pitched a deck that's been shown to 20 other clients or sent a story um, that you know has been sent to, to 500 other reporters they can they can tell and and that's that's you know pretty off-putting so so I totally agree with you personalizing actually knowing the person um, and, and doing the the time or putting in the time to, to, to get to know them is, is essential and I think the other thing that's really important to um to really factor into it, we've kind of touched on a little bit is, is the why. And it's the same when you're pitching. It's like, why is this relevant to this particular outlet and this journalist? Or mm-hmm. why am I suggesting this tactic to the client? It's not because, you know, um, my manager said, well, let's have an event. Well, why, why are we having an event? What's the purpose of that event? You know, I think if you're constantly asking why, and you're not, and it's not coming from a perspective of no, or why, you know, why do we have to do this? But what is the value of this? And it's the same when you are applying for an internship, whether you're, you know, again, coming from a different career or, or not. 
why am I the right person for you to consider interviewing, not even hiring, but yeah. why am I worth having a, having a chat with? And I think um, that comes back to standing out as a, yeah. as a potential PR practitioner is if yeah. I can make, if I can pitch myself effectively, then there's a very good chance that when I'm presented with the opportunity of pitching to media, that I'll be able to apply some of those, some of those skills. Yeah, exactly. I love that asking the why. I think at my level, right? So, so now that I'm a few years in at a mid-level, I still feel the temptation to make it all about securing hits, mm -hmm. right? Like if they quote us, if they include us in the list, if we get the award, whatever, that's a win, no matter mm -hmm. what, right? Yep. Um, and, and we can just add them up and sell to the client that we got them X number of placements, um, this number of article reads with this number of engagements on social and, and you know, renew the contract or, but, but, but yeah, it's, it's, it, I, I think we can go too far in that direction, make it a volume game, make it a, a metrics game. Um, and, and not every mention or not every quote is is created equal, right? Mm -hmm. Like if it doesn't serve to to advance the brand, if it doesn't serve to really position your company as a thought leader, if it doesn't, um, if it's not really relevant to to their clientele, to their products and services, um, then it's it's a meaningless win. Even if it's in you know um, a CNBC or a, you know some some top tier outlet with, with yeah. millions and millions of readers, um, and so even even for me, I feel like I, I need to resist that temptation to like. Oh, you know, any PR is good PR, or or any secured win is it is it, or any secured hit is it, is a win because that's not necessarily true, and um, and it's it's much more important to actually advance the um, the business objectives of the of the client. So thinking at that level and then asking why, I love the way you put that, Brooke. I think it's it's really important. And that's something you can start applying, you know, from the start of your career, from from an internship, you know, just again asking why why am i doing this or thinking about why and trying to get some context and then saying to your manager or the lead that you're working with so i've had some you know i've been thinking about this a little bit i think the reason why you've asked me to do this is because of this reason but would you mind clarifying mm -hmm. if that's correct or is there another purpose mm -hmm. behind it and again that just shows that you are you care you want to understand the process and um i think that's super important for yeah, those yeah. listening who are perhaps considering a move into pr um I know we've touched on some of these, but to recap, what recommendations do you have for them? That's a good question. Um, Brooke, I think the first thing I would say is to just start doing something. Um, I think for for folks who are just coming out of college or a few years out thinking about a pivot, um, it's it's easy to get paralyzed especially as if, if you're, you know, a few years, I'm putting air quotes around this behind, right? Your peers um, who have, you know, already gotten their career started and are a little bit into to their careers. Um, it feels like because you're behind you, you, this one has to count. You have to make the right pick, right? So you have to pick the right agency, the right industry, the right kind of of communications, the right role within our, our industry, because because obviously there are a lot of a lot of, of them to pick from, um, and that can be really paralyzing because the the options are you know infinite, and and I think my my biggest recommendation would be to just start doing something, um, to 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 you know shoot toward the target, um, and and if you don't land exactly right in the middle, it's it's much easier to steer a moving car, right, than yeah. it is to to steer a parked one. Um, and and if you end up pivoting a little bit, if you if you decide okay that 
you know, industry, that sector or that kind of comms wasn't quite for me. I want to make a pivot. You learned something um, from from the job that you did for however long you did, right? And so, so I, I, I feel like I, I learned a lot as a as a teacher or even you know as a, as a studying biology at UCLA. I feel like there are there are skills that I that I got from that that are translatable. And I was referring to that earlier. And so I think the biggest thing would be to just start, you know. Um, and and of course that doesn't mean you just take the first thing that comes along, right? You want to be you want to be um, discerning with that, but um, but to to really um, watch out for that kind of paralysis um, mm-hmm. that can that can set set in. Um, and then I think for folks who are in my position where you don't have any background in PR, um, if there are any, uh, I'm, I'm sure there are who are listening to this in that situation, to never underestimate the um, the power of good old blood, sweat, and tears. <laughs> you know. To, to, to hustle, to, to grit and grind, to just put the hours in. Um, and, um, and, and if you do that, I, I think, um, you know, opportunities will come even if they're not immediately apparent. So, so yeah, if I could boil it down to two things, I would say first, just start doing something. And second is don't underestimate the power of hustle. Mm. I think those informational interviews that um, that you did at the start sound like they were incredibly helpful in terms of a understanding what rejection feels like when you're when you're pitching something out mm-hmm. there. In this case, it was yourself. Um, so that's a really good lesson. Um, but also, you know, uh, having the ability to chat with people and coming from a place of not desperation of I need a I need a job and how do I get a job here, but from genuine just wanting to understand the industry and your company. Um, I think that was a really good place to come from. Um, And you touched on this just then, but I think having some reflection of what you can add. So, you know, you may have been teaching for a couple of years. Maybe you were a graphic designer. Maybe you um, were working in retail, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. Have a think about the skills that you have picked up from that job. Or perhaps you're coming into it and you've just graduated high school and you've had a... um, a job working at McDonald's for a couple of days mm-hmm. a week. What is it that you can pull from that that is transferable? You know, maybe mm-hmm. you're the team manager working at a clothes retail store. So you've had to manage people. Maybe you've had to manage um, rosters. Um, maybe it's graphic, you know, you've come from a graphic design ba- uh, background. So you understand you have to work to a quick deadline. So have a try. And I guess it's hard. It's easy for me because I've been in PR for a long time. So I can easily identify what is transferable. Um, mm-hmm. So I think if you're struggling to understand what might what might be transferable, ask your friends and family who are older that may have been working in other professions. Say, what is it about what I have done that may be relevant in a corporate career yeah. or in a workplace? Because I think when you're in PR, you just want and you're hiring someone or you're you know, you're interviewing people for internships, whatever it may be. As an employer, you want to know that people have got the right attitude. You want to know that they are able to look at the bigger picture and go, right, well, I may have been doing this for a couple of years or a couple of months, and I know that's not PR, but this is how it relates to this. Because again, when you get to pitching, just like you mentioned earlier in our chat, you need to be be able to identify, well, how how is this pitch relevant to this journalist? So you just need to be able to start pulling on those, um, um, those experiences and applying them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. And I think even even if you can't specifically identify how something translates, right? Because you don't know what you don't know. So no. you don't know what will be asked of you. 
just showing that you're um, that you that you put in the work that you're maybe even best in class in whatever it is you were doing, right? Mm-hmm. So so those those writing samples that that I was talking about, right? Like bringing the the class syllabus to the you know it had nothing to do with um, with what uh, what I would be writing in PR, but it was a really well written syllabus, you know, um, and so and so just showing that like whatever I do. I, 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 I try to and I do excel at it. I think that stands out. Um, and, and so even if, if it doesn't seem like it's related at all, smart people are smart, right? Hardworking people are hardworking. Yeah. And no matter where you put them in, uh, what, what situation or, or what job, what profession, they'll be smart and they'll be hardworking, right? And, and that, that kind of stuff just at a basic level is, is also translatable. And so if you can communicate um, that, basic like who you are well I, I i work hard and and i'm smart and i and i i like to learn and i you know i'm passionate um then even if you can't make those you know one-to-one connections because you don't know what you're trying to connect to because you don't know the tasks that will be asked of you um in pr you know that 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 can go a long way and and i also i i would say it on the other side right on the recruiting side or when we're interviewing people um, or evaluating them for for jobs in PR, um, I think that's something to keep in mind too, right? Like something that was really meaningful to me, um, I was having a conversation with a person who recruited me um, at Edelman. Her name is Melissa, and um, I remember in one of our conversations, I was like, Melissa, I, you know, um, I've only been in the industry for for a few years. I'm sure you've seen on my LinkedIn, you know, and 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 uh, you're offering me this title, and and I know that people typically, you know. Um, come into that title with a little bit more experience than I have, and she was like, "Winston, some of the best people that I've I've hired are people who have come from other careers, who are second careers, it's because because you know of the perspectives that they bring that you were talking about earlier, Brooke, um, and that meant a lot to me, right? That mm-hmm. that on her side she recognized that that it wasn't just this formula of like how long have you been doing PR, but like you recognize, um, like like we were saying earlier, smart people are smart, hardworking people are hardworking, and it, and it. And it's valuable to have um, a diversity of backgrounds and experiences in our industry. And I couldn't agree more with Melissa's sentiment there. You know, I I think you could be doing a role for seven months. And if you're excelling at it and you're showing that you have mastered all the roles and responsibilities that role requires or that position requires, and you start to take on um, some tasks from the next position up, in my mind you're ready for a promotion, you know, mm-hmm. there may be other factors, maybe the company you work for doesn't have the budget to pay for someone with a slightly, you know, more senior role, there may be those factors in there. But it's not a case of, well, I have been doing this role for 18 months or two years, and I deserve a promotion. If you still are not managing to do the things that are required of you, and you're not mm-hmm. showing any initiative in doing some other tasks, then you are not ready for a promotion. So it really does come down to um, being able to, uh, I guess, show that you are competent enough um, to to be able to get a role and to be able to position yourself effectively and then when you're in that to to move through the things that are required of you in a in a yeah. good pace and that's where that's where promotions come from um, especially if you're already in PR and you're you know looking to transition across to a different role yeah 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 and that's such a it's it's a tough balance right I, I don't envy recruiters or headhunters right because um, and this is applicable in any, any industry, right? Um, 
a year for one person is not equivalent to the to a year for another person. No, right? like they they might not have gotten the same things out of it. They they might have gotten um, far more than than another person would in two years. And and how do you evaluate that, right? And and when our job descriptions, uh, when we put put up job postings, open recs are are you know for this level it's three to five years of experience. For this level it's six years, eight eight plus years. You know whatever. And and we just boil it down to years. Yeah, it's it's such a such a tough balance because on the one hand, um, you need the years because um, because you you need to know that the person has has gone through enough. But on the other hand, you you, you yeah you have to factor in that um, that not all years are created equal. Yeah, um, and and so yeah, I don't I don't know I don't have a good answer to that. But mm. but I think you 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 yeah um, you really need to consider both. Mm, absolutely. Okay, before we finish up, I want to ask you about your podcast because you launched a podcast earlier this year. So tell me about it. Yeah, thank you for asking. Um, so, so yeah, Brooke, like you, I found myself at home uh, <laughs> with uh, quite a bit of time on my hands and, and kind of was wondering what, what I could do with it. Um, and my, my wife was really supportive um, about an idea that I had uh, brewing for a little bit um, before it came um, into, into fruition. And um, I, I wanted to explore the, uh, the kind of untold, lesser known uh, communications aspects of really well-known events and people and um, points of, you know, historical or cultural moments that we've all shared. So... Um, so a friend of mine um, knew uh, this guy named Mike McCurry. He was a uh, press secretary in the White House for Bill Clinton, for President Bill Clinton, and was the one who handled um, a couple of major events, um, one being the, the Lewinsky scandal in 98. And so we, um, we, we got in touch and I interviewed him and kind of one thing led to another. I decided I could make a podcast out of it and have, have it be a recurring thing. Um, and, and so I, I've gotten since then to, to talk to some incredibly, um, fascinating people with really rich stories. Uh, the, the man, Dr. Clarence Jones, um, who's here in California, who marched with Dr. King. He was his personal lawyer, friend, advisor, and actually wrote the first seven and a half paragraphs of the famous, I have a dream speech, um, and just turned 90 this year, actually. So, um, so that was an incredible conversation. Some, some, uh, notable journalists who have broken really important stories and, um, people who are behind big ad campaigns, the creative director who designed the Geico Gecko, um, which, which we've all heard about. And, and so, um, so yeah, so it's, it's, um, kind of like what we were saying earlier, Brooke, um, before, before we, we started was the, the fun part about all this is the, the people you meet. Right. Um, and so, so, you know, today I'm, I'm really glad to have met you. I've really enjoyed this conversation and, and I feel the same thing on, on my podcast, um, with, with other folks. Um, so yeah, so I, I think, I think, you know, people should start podcasts. I guess is what I'm trying to say. I'm, I, I guess I'm inviting the, the, the competition. Um, but, but yeah, um, so, so my podcast is called Heard About, that's H-E-A-R-D, about, um, and, and I've really, I've had a lot of fun with it. Good. Well, congrats on making the transition into PR and for getting your podcast up and going. If um, anyone listening has any specific questions they might want to ask you about the transition into PR, um, how should people get in contact with you? That's a good question. Um, yeah, they can they can shoot me an email. Uh, so for as long as I'm at Edelman, which I hope is a long time, <laughs> uh, it's just Winston Chang, Winston.Chang at Edelman.com. Um, the podcast email is heardaboutpod, that's H-E-A-R-D, 
about podpod at gmail.com. So either way, uh, email works well. Um, Brooke, you and I are connected on LinkedIn, so, so mm-hmm. maybe people can find us that way. Um, you know, my, my DMs are open, so, so I'm happy to, um, to do the little I can to, to help um, anyone who, who's thinking about joining this, this really fulfilling, important industry um, and the work that we do. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Winston, and for your insight and experience. I'm sure there's many people listening. There are many people listening um, that are going to take a lot of inspiration from what you have done, and hopefully they'll be able to apply um, apply it to to themselves. So thank you so much for your time. Yeah. Well, thank you, Brooke, for having me. This was a lot of fun. Really appreciate it. You're welcome. And if anyone listening is interested in finding more about the PR course I'm developing about how to stand out in PR, feel free to drop me an email via the website or directly via Brooke, B-R-O-O-K-E at theprpod.com. Thanks for listening to the PR Pod. For more expert tips on working in PR, head to www.theprpod.com.